You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast, released on the 25th of October, 2020, in the week of Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) And put some thunder under that, Nick. Lots of reverb, a bit of thunder, yeah. 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 I'm rich. I'm rich. Woohoo! I'm rich! Hello, Rich. Pleased to meet you again. Welcome to the Big Finish Podcast. I'm Benji, he's Nick. Here's what's coming up in a moment. We ask, is stuff scarier on audio? <laughs> and there's the World Cup of Weird on Twitter. I don't know whether you've seen that. Uh, not yet. Yes, and it's, it's Halloween this week. You know, Halloween, it's a, Halloween. It's, a, it's a thing. We all know, don't we? Well, as well as Halloween, uh, we'll look at the latest Big Finish audio drama reviews with The Robots, Volume 2. And then it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Following that, we go behind the scenes with The Warmaster, Hearts of Darkness, The Edge of Redemption by David Llewellyn, featuring Sir Derek Jacobi talking about his experiences on the production. That'll be followed by the Randomoid Selectatron, where we give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And then we round everything off by giving you a free 15-minute drama tease of The Warmaster, Hearts of Darkness, The Edge of Redemption. So, is stuff scarier on audio? We're asking that because it's Halloween and we've also been doing a weird, a weird cup of weird, a world cup of weird on Twitter. What do you think, Benji? It's a difficult one, isn't it? I, I think there's a lot to be said for, uh, for what goes on in the mind. You know, when you've got sounds in audio, you can really let your mind do the, do the thinking and the creeping. Um, Wait a minute. There's something behind you. Is it... Is it the ghost of... Ebenezer... Von... Tesco... Card... <laughs> Looks to the nearest thing for inspiration. <laughs> if it is... Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't owe him any money. Um, <laughs> I thought particularly good was your... <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> the instant yeah. shudderings of a madman. Um, I think, you, you know, the beautiful thing is it's, is what you can do with sound effects and sound design. That really, for me, you know, as, as, as you'll know, Nick, it's an art for me. I love it. Mm. And I think and it's... Me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's... So I think you can really... Especially if you can make it so it sounds like something's in the same room as somebody else. You know, how many times in an audio, uh, just a general audio, has, uh, I don't know, somebody uh, come down the stairs in the audio and you look over your shoulder thinking that somebody's yeah, actually there yeah yeah that's a good point yeah. and if you can apply that in, in sound design a tapping at a window a creaking of a floorboard something above you know above you in the room upstairs mm. um you know that's when you can really enjoy it so is it scarier i don't know is it scary yes it is yeah scary in a different way i mean Benji and I were having a chat just generally about life before we started and one of the things we were talking about is that people feel most happy and secure in their lives when they feel like they're in control of it in some way or another Mm. and I would suggest that of course audio can be more scary because it immediately takes some control away from you because you can't see the story so you're very much at the uh, whim of the storytellers 
and by that I mean the writer, the director, the actors, the sound designer and the composer, all of them. Because they can suddenly, you don't know what's coming because you can't see it coming. You you can only, you know what I mean? So I think, Absolutely. So I think it could, there's a case to be put for it being scarier because it takes a bit of control away from you. So it's easier to be scarier more quickly. I think as well, you know, you, you raise a good point about seeing things in general. You know, how many times when you've watched a TV series or something, something's happening in the room, you think, oh, if I was in there, I'd pick up, I don't know, that baseball bat, which is conveniently left on the side, or yeah, I'd yeah. leap out the window, or why doesn't he just pick up the machine gun on the floor? But of course, you don't, again, you don't have those, you, you don't have that visual yeah. palette in your mind of, of ways to get out of the scenario. You're very much at the mercy of what the characters do and what is going on. You just don't have that element of being able to... Obviously, you can work out, you know, if they're in a, uh, a two-up, two-down house in the front room, then you know that you throw a chair at the window or whatever. But um, you just don't have that... the way that. you've thought this through. Well, it's, it's happened to me 400 times. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Peter Von Tesco club card again. Um, you know, it's, it, it's all go. But I think, you know, there, you really can have some, some fun with it. I mean, I've, yeah, I've been lucky. I've, yeah. I've actually, weirdly enough, I've, I've seemed to always end up on the spooky, scary stories. You do, don't it's you? It's really That's odd. Yeah. This is a really good question for you, isn't it? It's a really strange one. I've, I've got a track record with ghost stories and, and all sorts. I'm working on a scary one at the moment. Um, and it's all, yeah, that's all about the use of, of sound and, and just adding to it to little things to make people feel on the edge of their seat, providing they're sitting down, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they're standing. Um, well, it's a very important distinction to make there. It, it is. I mean, the, the other thing is uh, what works really well in drama is a thing called dramatic irony, uh, where the audience knows something the characters don't know. And it's a very underused uh, form of drama these days, because these days it seems to me he said like an old so-and-so. Writers are very uh, preoccupied with outwitting the audience and being cleverer than the audience and keeping secrets from the audience. But there's something to be said for, um, you know, when the audience know that something terrible is going to happen, but the characters don't. Mm. And that creates a sense of impending doom. And I think that if uh, if you can't, as an audience member, if you can't hear what's going to happen, you have that sense of dread anyway. So it's like a bit of dramatic irony. It's like you think you know what's going to happen and the characters don't. You know, even if you haven't been given any specific information beforehand, your lack of control over the situation because you can't see anything, mm-hmm. you know, makes you dread what what is there because the tone has already been set for the story because it's called you know the death beast of gavitron five or something you know a, a classic story the, sp- the spooky death beast <laughs> of gavitron five Von just writing that down i think that's going to appear in a, my next script <laughs> um, i'm just so bursting with terrible ideas um yeah so, there are ways as well you know i mean I've, i'm sure i've said this on the podcast before um but I, I remember um, specifically the story in, in mine was the, uh, the end of the line, which is part of the Sith Doctor Last Last Adventure set. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. written by I Simon Barnard and, and Paul Morris. Was well, fantastic, mm. you know, fantastic story. Got great atmosphere and a few spooks and stuff. And that's set on a commuter train. So that's set. I think it's on the London Underground. Which certainly, you know, that sort of 
yeah, it says, I'm just looking at the, the thing here. Yeah, train heading to London. Um, but I was on a train listening to that. And, and ah. you know, I, was on, I think I was on the, the overground which went into, you know, the underground trains that go overground sometimes? Yes. Um, so, you know, so one minute I was up up in daylight, the next minute I was plunged into darkness. But of course that felt incredibly atmospheric because I felt like I was kind of there. And that was really, that was a weird experience. And that was a strange thing because of course when you've got your headphones on, that's again is you lose an element of control. You can't hear what is actually going on around you in the same way. Yeah. No. So, so you're you're very much you know you you're you're living that what you're hearing is what's going on. So you do find yourself looking over. There's a noise. You look over and you're thinking, God, it it could be coming from that door over there. You know. Yeah. Is there a particular big finish spooky story that you might like to nominate? All of the uh, ones I've worked on. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know the ones that I've worked on best. You know, Ghost Walk is a fantastic one. I loved that. That had a great atmosphere. Oh, that is a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Should we, uh, should we hear something of that? Yeah. An interface between mental and atomic energy. I mean, it's not so bizarre. You boil a kettle and that energy translates into a nice cup of tea. And that makes you feel all's right with the world. And yes, that's one way. But what we're seeing Slow here... Slow down, Doctor. I gabble when I'm nervous, Tegan. We have to find Adric and Nissa and get them back to the TARDIS. What drew us here... Bad news. Yes. The force that's become trapped down here, it's not necessarily evil. It's just that it's so very unlike us. And I hate to say this, but I don't think we're going to get along. Nissa! Adric! Oh, where are they? These caverns are huge. Uh, let's try down here. I told them to go right. Which is why we're trying left. Aren't you going to ask me what the creature is? No. I'm not going to like the answer. Oh, very sensible. You see, what it is... Oh! It is an ancient force. I think right now it's very weak, but it feeds off energy, life energy, such as chickens. And us. Yes. Any form of life is energy to it, which is why we're getting out of here. It's so starved that we can't reason with it. It'll just devour us. Doctor. What? I found them. They're just lying there. Adric. Adric. Nissa, come on. Snap out of it. Cold. <laughs> there we are. You see, I was looking for a clip or something to play. And the um, I will immodestly nominate one of mine, which is Embrace the Darkness. I was particularly pleased about that because there's a whole thing in Embrace the Darkness where some characters don't know what's happened to them because they can't see anything and they assume it's because the lights are off. And then the, the climax of episode one, Charlotte Pollard, it's an Eighth Doctor adventure, arrives to give them some rather scary news. Hello? Anyone there? God, it's dark. Hello? Who's that? I can hear you moving. Who's that? Who are you? I'm Charlie Pollard. Who are you? Ferris. Mike Ferris. I've got Olenta with me. Where are you? Where? Over here in the doorway. Can't you see the light? Light? There is no light. But you sound as if you're in the same room as me. Surely you can see the light. No. No. No, we can't. 
Wait a minute. I can just make you out. Yes, a man and a woman. This way. That's right. You must be able to see me now. No. You sound so close. I am. I'm looking right at you. Can't you see me? They took away the light. How can you see us? They? Who do you mean? But anyway, there's a light in this lifeboat thing I arrived in. Can't you see it? Oh my god. What? What is it? I can see your faces. You... You don't know, do you? Don't know what? Your eyes. <laughs> what about them? You've lost your eyes. There we are. That's our so pantheon of spooks. For yes, this Ghost Walk and Embrace the Darkness. Both available at bigfinish.com. Just go there and type those titles. Not both of them at once. Oh, I don't know what would happen if you type both of them at once. <laughs> Into the search pane at the top and you'll find them. You get on error 404. Um, coming up now, <laughs> then, we have uh, the latest reviews for Big Finish's audio dramas. As promised, we're talking about The Robots, Volume 2, starring Nicola Walker, Claire Rushbrook, Pamela Salem, and the late, great David Collings. Hello there. Oh, hello. Lish Tooth. How do you do? What? Tooth? What are you doing here? From Big Finish Productions, The Robots, Volume 2. Good morning, and welcome to Kinsoft Peak Training Base. Ooh, a bunker. Love a good bunker. Sarcasm. It's early in the day. It's almost like it's my default setting, isn't it? Only 20. Cadets. It's a small training facility run by the company. We test out new protocols, new training exercises. We're testing out a new strategic on SV-22 here. There is evidence of a small explosive device. One was missing from the armory. Sabotage? Something's gone wrong here. Having robot trouble? This is a lockdown situation, and as such, I am now in command. I cannot harm a human. I happen to know robots can. What? What have you done? People are getting very nervous about the sons of Kaldor. No, I would not travel with a robot. Not for all the Lucanol on Kaldor. I killed them. I killed them all. No, that is impossible. No. Stay away! Stay away from me! Ah! This is the first time in Kaldoran legal history that a robot has been accused of committing a crime against humanity. The trial starts tomorrow. In this state, it'll condemn itself. Then who will defend it? Legal rep, Chenka. Level one, Your Honor. Big finish. We love stories. Nice landing. Oh, was that sarcasm? No, I wasn't doing it then. So simple as that. All you need to do is jump to bigfinish.com and type in the robots. You put that in the search pane. Uh, so yeah, just, just you know, little thing at the top. Yeah. Sort of at the top. It's sort of round, sort isn't it? You know, raffia. raffia. Base. <laughs> so just pause the podcast. Stop right here. Um, do it now, and then you can get hold of the great audio dramas. In fact, what we'll do is I'll do a little pause break now. 
well done for doing that. You've done a great job there. I hope you enjoy them. Uh, I guess we'll crack on now. So first up, cultbox.co.uk says, The Robots Volume 2 blends adventure, mystery, mm. robotics, and <gasps> even a Luddite streak in three entertaining takes. Does that uh, mean a Luddite runs through with no clothes on? It's That's exactly what it means. It's it's, it's awful. Checking. Everybody everybody screams and, yeah. It's um, awful. <laughs> it's ghastly. Um, as a spin-off, The Robots works with no need to reference the Doctor directly. Um, two box sets in and we're impressed. The Ooh. next instalment is due December 2020. Very exciting. Uh, WarpedFactor.com says The Robots Volume 2 is a rocket-fueled evolution of form from Volume 1. The first volume stayed quite tight on a handful of characters, expanding out into a few ethical questions of robot evolution as slaves, as children, as replacement partners, and in an almost inevitable drive towards sentience. Volume 2 broadens out the scene a great deal and tackles the relationship between humans and technological life forms that have been programmed to make ethical decisions about whether and when human life should be sacrificed to a greater cause. It's bigger and wider and if anything more ambitious than the first set, the kind of audio to stay up late at night for. It'll blow you away and leave you with shudders not only at the potential power of robots that do exactly as they're told, but at our own society, which genuinely thinks it's smart and compassionate enough to program them. Ooh, mm. nice review. Well, keeping up with the reviews on Twitter, Chris G. Joinson um, says, Just finished Big Finishes The Robots Volume 2, and I'd thoroughly recommend it. All three stories are really good, uh, though mm. Do Not Harm has to be my favourite. Oh. Who doesn't love a bit of courtroom drama, plus some interesting developments? Looking forward to Volume 3. Oh, such a great series. Um, at Justin B. Quinnick, one of our favourite reviewers, says, Volume 2 of Big Finishes, the robots ticks off all the boxes of Volume 1 and makes them even better. Heavy drama, cerebral yet emotional storytelling with intriguing characters brought to life by an incredibly talented cast. Don't miss it. Two exclamation marks right there. Bangin', 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 bangin'. Um, <laughs> the Greenland was Green Lantern 44, definitely a comic book fan. Uh, yes. Loved big finishes of the Robots Volume 2. Loved the new ideas for the world of Kaldor. And I'm looking forward to Volume 3. Everyone's looking forward to Volume 3 quite right December I think they said it's out in December wow okay. that's a nickname for December is it in I don't book? know I just said it I don't know Decky 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 instant nicknames from Benji Clifford uh, more reviews next time with Doctor Who Thin Time Madquake an exciting double bill starring Peter Davison as the fifth Doctor with Janet Fielding as Tegan Mark Strickson as Turlow who's not on furlough and Sarah Sutton as Nissa. Nick Briggs there doing the bingo numbers. Um, <laughs> it's furlough, that's right, double turlough. Coming up soon, we go behind the scenes of The War Master with director Scott Hancock uh, chatting to the cast, including, of course, the War Master himself, Sir Derek <laughs> Jacobi. <laughs> yes. That's after we delve into Benji's favourite thing. Yes, listeners' email walls. Well, if you've ever been to a fun fair, 
Uh, yes. One of the best bits of it, I think, I've not done it in a long time, is the lucky dip. There's always, oh. you know, you never know what you're going to get in a lucky dip. No, well, you have and to be I lucky. Th- you know, and I think my, my love for emails is because it's very similar. You know, you, you pluck mm, one mm. out, you don't yep. know what it's going to be, but you're always pleased, you know, unless it's a lucky dip. Which remember one year I, d- I did one and what did I win? Uh, a packet of tissues. Um, that oh, wasn't got, such a, a good lucky dip gift, you know. I've got some um, here. Yeah. Oh, oh. Well, did you win them in a lucky dip? Um, yes, it was. I just put my hand out onto my desk and found it. That's magic. <laughs> so, it's incredible, Benji. You can see why I love it. Well, the beauty of this is, of course, you can do just that. You can enter your goods into the Lucky Dip, and we might pluck one out. All you need to do is send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com, and Lovely. you might be one. It could be Ooh. you. Uh, this one here is from Peter Clausen. Um, subject of this one is different kinds of TV shows. Hey, guys. Uh, hi from an international listener in uh-huh. Germany. Uh, one of my favourite countries. Um, mm. Why am I imagining my letter being read out in a comedic German accent now? We would not do that. We wouldn't do that, no. We wouldn't do, we'd do that. Maybe I could do ask- Phil Marshall Montgomery in a very <laughs> tasteless way. <laughs> but yes. I won't do that either. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, well, quite. Um, anyway, um, a while ago, I got back into Big Finish after an almost 10-year uh, hiatus wow. and found myself equally delighted and terrified with all the releases I can catch up on now. I wonder why I went away for 10 years. Maybe you went on some kind of Arctic expedition. Yeah, and that's and that, that is the uh, that is the explanation that comes readily to mind, isn't it? I think so. I mean, it makes the most sense, doesn't it? Really, you know? <laughs> can you imagine the post coming back after that? Ten wow. years, go back, you can't open your door. To, yeah, <laughs> God, dear, oh dear. Um, at the same time, though, I've been wondering if any of you know if European customers will um, still be able to order stuff from your website after uh, Britain's exit from the EU. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we ever want to improve international goodwill again, there's no better way to start, right? Well, the answer to that question is that who knows? I mean, mm. really, you know, not getting into politics, but nobody really knows what's going to happen. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll work, it's, it'll work itself out. And if not, oh we'll, we'll, we'll head straight to Parliament, won't we, Nick? Um, and, and have it out. Well, you won't find anything of worth there. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no. Houses of Parliament source. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah HP yeah. source. I'd you know. certainly head straight there. Well, I tell you I love what. love it. You bring a bag, we'll go there, we'll just take it all and run. That, that, and then we'll come back and we'll say, well, you know, there's nothing we can do. Um, anyway, it says, <laughs> clumsy seed uh, into a completely different, unrelated question that's been on my mind recently. Okay. Uh, whilst I love your audios based on sci-fi and fantasy yes. franchises, yes. I have been wondering if you've ever considered branching out into still cultish, but maybe slightly different shows like Jonathan Creek, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place hey. and most of all uh, Stephen Moffat's Press Gang mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it'd sell but I'd subscribe in a heartbeat um, as long as uh, the post-Brexit legal situation allows me to of course thank you kind regards Peter Gascendit <laughs> uh, von Mail for Windows 10 ah uh, why is German for 10 Zane isn't it Zane yes yes Achtzehn is 80 for example <laughs> Yes, yes. There you go. Little Although bit of, uh, 50 is, is yeah. f- uh, Fumpzig for some reason, but there we go. Uh, yeah, Was it Fumpzain? Well, no, Fumpzig is 15, isn't it? I'm just going bananas Fumpzig, now. Yeah, f- yeah, you're right. 
we have gone bananas that's um well that's the whole big dilemma for big finish we love to um move out into other areas but the problem is that people know us for doctor who and sci-fi so whenever we move into other areas i've said this a million times before so i'm sorry um if anyone's bored oh, i just bored myself um that uh, we are selling to that proportion of Doctor Who stroke science fiction fans who also like the other things. Uh, that's what I was saying about Callan. Callan should be far more successful, but, you know, it's very difficult to get our shop window pointing to the right people, really. I know you're out there. Maybe you're listening to this podcast by accident. Go to bigfinish.com. Have a look at Callan. <sighs> yeah, you see, you like do that it. sort of stuff. Yeah. I always thought it'd be fun to do a sort of, you know, like on BritBox where they have like the um, like sort of children's TV and they have the odd episodes here and there, which they put up in a kind of collection. I always thought it'd be fun for Big Finish to do something like that, maybe have a few oddities in there, just a one-off, you know, half-hour yeah. audio episode of something completely different uh, to but see it, where it goes. But, but it's, it's all a marketing issue. And I have it to is. say that our marketing people are doing an amazing job at the moment. And I'm, I have great hopes for the future. Next up, Carol Duchesno has written in again. Hello, Carol. It's Bonjour. a long time since we've read out one of your emails, but we love to hear from you. Um, and the title is Podcast 1017 2020. There you go. Catchy title. Dear Nick and Benji, I just finished listening to the current podcast, and as usual, you guys do such a fantastic job. Most kind. Just to let you know, all the stories I bought are worth every penny spent. I just make sure I balance and plan for what I want to get. Smiley emoji. It's mainly why I go for the download. The collection I have now would outstrip the room I have if I did it by CD. However, before you guys made the first four seasons of Bernice Summerfield available on download, I went ahead and ordered the CDs. Will the rest of the seasons up to 11 eventually wind up on download? That is our aim, Carol, and I hope that that is possible. But we can't say anything else at the moment because we, you know, we're just doing our best on that. It's very difficult to track people down to sign contracts the last thing anyone wants to do is sign a contract i also decided to complete out my excellus collection and get the ones only available on cd so i'd have them at any rate all well worth it oh that's good uh for the more recent and upcoming stuff as soon as i learned that you were going to get ninth doctor stories i got the bundle for both cd and download mr eccleston's doctor was my first exposure into the doctor who world so i couldn't resist that sadly getting the vinyl option isn't on the cards for me i have a feeling i'm going to get yelled at for the cds as it is but it's worth it for this usually for the more recent stuff if it's available for download, I go for that option. I can feel that excitement bubbling up in me. Also, for all the other new things coming, I've already pre-ordered the bundle of the upcoming new War Doctor stuff. I heard the clip on the podcast and got goosebumps. I'm really looking forward to that. Yes, referring to Jonathan Carley, who's uh, playing the younger War Doctor in our War Doctor Begins series, which uh, if you didn't hear about that, do nip back in and have a look at last week's podcast and after you finish looking at it press play and listen to it <laughs> and then pre-order <laughs> yeah. uh, on another front while i have never read any hp lovecraft he's well ensconced in horror story literature that i've actually heard of i'd like to say that i was surprised to learn about his attitude but somehow i'm not especially for the era after all america still had jim crow laws in place then too i don't know what jim crow laws are do you know not a clue. Not Would you a like to look them up? 
Jim, Jim Crowler. Oh, is that? Sorry about my ignorance. This is obviously something that Americans know about and we don't. I will say that the story you guys did with what with that piece of history was well done and gently handled. And like all your historical stories, makes me go look things up, thus self-educating even more, hee-hee, which we're doing at this very moment. It was also quite the epic Sixth Doctor adventure. I've been meaning to ask, since I know you guys will be rearranging the website, are all the current stories to be arranged under the Doctors they're about for easier finding? Also, I think it's awesome to see the first and second Doctors get their own tabs too. Yes, they will be, by the way. I know they currently fall under the early adventures, but I think I may like the newer format better, honestly. I'm curious to see how you'll put the multi-doctor stories too. Ha ha ha, smile. Uh, I'll be honest, as soon as I discovered the Big Finish website after having used Audibles for quite a while, they're my first exposure to audio stroke radio format of stories, I found I prefer purchasing directly from your website. Oh, thank you. It's nothing against Audible. Of course not. I still get stuff from them that's not Big Finish. But at first, it was because I like the formatting better. Later, it was all kinds of other things like your wonderful podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And direct access to upcoming news. Smiley emoji. I'm very much into Big Finish and I appreciate all the hard work that every one of you put into all the wonderful stories that get released. Also, a very big thank you to the Big Finish warehouse personnel for all the CDs I've gotten. They're awesome at speedy responses. They are really good. Cheryl and the team are fantastic. All my orders got to me long before the estimated date, which pleasantly surprised me. You guys are all very much worth investing in, in my very honest opinion. And I'm, if I'm careful, I can actually afford to. So why not spend it on something I thoroughly enjoy? I can't disagree, Carol. In my mind, when I'm buying from you guys, I'm investing in keeping the awesome stories going. I can never say thank you enough and show my appreciation enough for the stories that Big Finish gives us. That's a really lovely thing to say, Carol. Thank you. Uh, since it was a Sixth Doctor story that was reviewed, I will close up by saving, saying my all-time favourite Sixth Doctor audio has to be Vortex Ice, Cortex Fire. I love that title as well. I mm. loved how much of a mystery with action it was and the complicated time layers it had. I have other favourites, but that's my top one. Little smile there. Uh, time for me to sign off before this email gets out of hand. Get, get, just getting out of hand. A very happy listener sending this back from New Earth X15. Really? Uh, Carol D. Well, of course, the um, the Jim Crow laws um, were the, um, you know, the, the laws right back in the day uh, denying black people equal rights. Oh, you know, right, the segregation right. laws. We don't, I don't think we necessarily over here call them the Jim Crow the Jim Crow laws I think was just sort of the segregation well, it, isn't it really yes I know but it must be something to do with who instigated the law Absolutely. in the first place of course or, or of something course. like that I don't know yeah thank you for educating us Carol that's sincerely appreciated actually well we've got one more email here um, this one from Ben Paget. Um subject of this one is just when <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that um when are we getting the return we need? Pecs from Paradise Towers. <laughs> also, love your audios. Listened to The Romance of Crime recently and loved it. Oh, it's a cracker, yes. Um, uh, that's a Fourth Doctor novel adaptation. Not that we like to say the words novel and adaptation in this podcast for fear of an avalanche of questions. Um, I'm laughing about you talking about Pecs, but as. Pecs lives. Yeah, but for all I know, you were serious. <laughs> I'd never, I'd never rule it out. 
Is that all right, Ben? Yeah. Uh, thus proving that your email doesn't have to be long to be included, basically, there, because it was a short one. Uh, keep them coming to podcast at bigfinish.com. That's the place to send them. Send them there through an email system. I, I don't know how else to explain it. More an email system. <laughs> the system is activated. The new Intel email system. More next time. Buy it from Curry's. Um, just a reminder that coming up later, of course, we tease you with the last fifth, the last fifth, the first fifteen minutes of the warmer, and it all ends this way. Uh, yes, it'd be the, the first fifteen minutes of uh, the Warmaster, yes, Hearts yes. of Darkness, The Edge of Redemption by David Llewellyn, um, and that's out this week. Grab it. Yes. You'd be a fool not to. Uh, by the way of introduction to that, let's go behind the scenes of this production uh, in the company of producer and director Scott Hancock and Sir Derek Jacobi, amongst others. Hello, my name's Scott Hancock. I am the producer and director of The War Master, and I'm joined this afternoon by the lovely... George Fletcher. I'm playing various characters in part one. Hello, I'm Julia Sandiford, and I'm playing Ilya. Sam Hallian, playing Cricket. Hello, I'm Derek Jacobi, and I'm playing the master. Hello, I'm Colin McFarlane, and I'm playing Captain Morsky. Welcome all. A day with a wonderfully motley crew thrown together in the play and also in the studio. How have you found today? <laughs> there we go. The, the bombs have clearly been formed. And... We, we found it uh, very easy up until lunch. <laughs> But, I mean, it's been quite fun. I, th I assume for you, Derek, yeah. having to assemble a team to work around you and not kill them, as you normally uh, would. Yes. Has that been quite nice, sort of? It's been a bit frustrating. <laughs> yes. Um, I have to um, control my natural instincts. Your but, natural instinct is not yes. to want to kill everybody Yes, you. I'm not a very pleasant person. <laughs> no. no. But for the rest of you, when you read this script, what did you make of it and, and your parts particularly? You know, we've got the Artful Dodger type... The Medusan, the the rough and ready captain, and then George, your your man in shower, mm. as well. man in shower. <laughs> mm. But yeah, what what did you make of the flavour of it as you went along? First thing I thought when I read the first episode was that it reminded me of Star Wars because of the the kind of the way the captain is. It had a little bit of a Harrison Fordy type oh, feel, yeah. and so you know, and he's in the you know the arm, yeah. well the arm wrestling opening sequence in the kind of bar, and so I I went into that space maybe because. I've only seen Star Wars a few weeks ago. I don't know. But it had that kind of feel to me. I think what I liked is that uh, the three characters that uh, the Master brings together are all people who've been very damaged and lost um, their homes and, and are survivors. So there's a lot of hurt people that are coming together and, and working together. And then it becomes this sort of frantic caper and it, it all becomes very fun and exciting. So th that's an element I enjoyed. I think something that was, was nice about working on this was it's... It's setting up this sprawling narrative across multiple parts, so you could take more time over things. So, I mean, I'm only in the the first part, but there was almost more time given to everyone because we're alluding to things that are going to happen in the future. Whereas in the past, when I've worked with you before, Scott, on a couple of like standalone things, so there's like a lot to cram in. Mm. Whereas with this, you got a little bit more of like the relationships between. I'd almost mm. have liked to see more, but unfortunately that. Can't happen now. But, like, the, the relationships between uh, Cricket and Morsky, like that father-son dynamic or the, the kind of almost older sister, sometimes matriarchal relationship with, 
with Ilya. Don't give me that look, Julia. Hmm. I, I gave Julia the same look then. <laughs> Maybe there you are. Come what on. look was that? That's, wow. not, that's not how I was expecting it to be played, but... No, there's like a care there, like even yes. though there's a, yes. there's a kind of rough edge in a few scenes, there's also some nice things. And George, for you, coming in and doing lots of different voices, including little alien chirruping. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a huge right. fan anyway, so I just got such a kick out of doing some alien scuttled noises and robots <laughs> and droids and things. Um, I just thought I'd say it's really exciting as well, obviously, to have an iteration of The Master, which debuted in uh, one episode into 2007, to see this whole other life to it. And also anything that kind of extends the you know the mythos of time wars and things like that i think is incredibly exciting so i'm more than honored to scuttle in the background of this <laughs> and you know the the characters are thrown in and have to form relationships really quickly as you have had a, as a cast as actors do you find it harder with it with the sort of radio play where you have less time to establish those relationships i think it's easier because you have the words in front of you mm. I, I find that much easier so as opposed to months of rehearsal or getting to know each other, oh, you can yes. just throw yourselves in. All that endless improvising, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> no games, just do the talking. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, you know, then the script takes on the feel of a heist movie. So even though we've got the trappings of a sci-fi world, it is a little bit Ocean's Eleven, I think, at times or things like that. Did that make it easier to engage with reading it? It's always nice to have a jumping off point if there's, if there's a reference. And I know I've seen this before in, in scripts that we've worked with. If you've got that visualisation, it makes everything everything a lot easier and as, uh, as Derek was saying having the words in front of you and also it's a less of a, a visual experience in like well by its very nature but if you're on set in something or you're in a show like acting can be quite a vain project and you get to leave a lot of that at the door here mm. because you're in a you're in a nice booth with with lovely people there's a lovely atmosphere mm. and so you have less of less of that to worry about if if you're so inclined I mean talking about filming mad sci-fi things like this Derek obviously you did a Doctor Who as the master years ago, but Colin, you've also done one with Peter Capaldi. Mm. So how do you find the experience on a sort of film set in Cardiff compared <laughs> to coming in here and just sort of having to imagine mad spaceships and computers and aliens and everything like that around well, you? I, I, well, you have to imagine a lot of it on set anyway because there's only, as usual, it's smoke and mirrors, so mm. there's only normally a bit of a set and little bits missing. But um, on the one hand, yes, it is definitely easier because we haven't got to learn any lines. But sometimes, obviously, it is nicer to have a little bit of time to kind of get inside the character and, you know, be around it a bit more before you launch in. Especially mm -hmm. as you and I had a conversation before we started this as to, you know, via my agent, I was going, is he English? Is he American? Mm -hmm. Is he? And then you were kind of like, well, you like doing American. Do you want to play him American? Uh, so <laughs> that's basically we, how I work. That's pretty, what, I like <laughs> so, you know, so that kind of thing, yeah, you know, normally you have a little bit longer to kind of get inside it, but um, he's such a nice character. It was kind of, it, it just felt like that was the way it should go. So, uh, but uh, I don't think compared to uh, doing a Doctor Who, um, obviously it's just a different discipline altogether. And, and the one, the episode I did actually involved the opposite of what we're doing because it was an awful lot of walking because I was playing a zombie most of the time, which <laughs> meant most of the day was either chasing or being chased. or And it was just, you did a lot of walking. I lost a lot of weight on that show. It's quite <laughs> I, useful. I, I do remember hearing about you being cast and thought, oh, great, because yeah. you've got one of the finest voices. Well, thank you very much. In, in showbiz. And then, and then, then you didn't, and then I didn't you use didn't... it. Yeah. You spoke for the pre-credits and then just appeared as a ghost that and said nothing. Correct, and spent about five hours every morning in prosthetics. Oh, Lord. Yeah, and then that was actually not so bad. The worst bit was the end of the day when everyone's finished and they go, OK, it's a wrap, and everyone's rushing off to their cars and you've got another hour and a half 
of getting out of the stuff. That was the killer. Mm. So, yeah, very different experience. Which is what Derek has to enjoy now. We have to take his prosthetics off there for you go. a few hours. <laughs> yes, after hours, can go of, home. hours of Jacoby being in makeup. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my days of prosthetic are longer. Oh, my God. Of course, for Claudius. You, yes. Oh, how, was how, how was that back well, in the day? Well, we eventually got it off by um, jumping into a hot bath full of badidas with a snorkel. You full of what? <laughs> Badidas was a foaming, sort of foaming cleanser in the bar. Oh, wow. It created lots of bubbles. Um, and I got a snorkel and lay under it. And gradually, my, my false face floated off. <laughs> Just go to bigfinish.com and type Hearts of Darkness into the search pane at the top to get hold of this adventure, uh, which is out this week, as we said earlier. My advice is pause the podcast now. And go and do it if you. And go and do it if you haven't. I'm laughing because I hit the microphone. So it's not. It. <laughs> it's not funny. But I'm. I'm still laughing. Uh, if, you, if, if you haven't already done it, just pause now. Pause the podcast now. Have you done it? Well, come on then. Anyway. So, before we dramatise you with the first 15 minutes of The Warmaster Hearts of Darkness, The Edge of Redemption by David Llewellyn, it's time to give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. It's the Randomoid Selectatron! Well, Ran has plucked one. I'm not sure if we've had it before, but Ran has plucked up uh, Return to Telos. Uh, I don't remember whether we've had it before, but let's go with it, shall we? Why not, Ace? It's you a know, fourth yeah. Doctor Doctor Who story, uh, written and directed by yourself, I do believe, Nick. That's right. Return to Telos. Here is the trailer. Doctor Who, Return to Telos. Oh, Doctor! We must take action. We must save Gerald and the people of Krelos, defeat these Cybermen. There is nothing to fear. The Cybermen are coming. We've got to get out of here. Come on. The Doctor's arrival is imminent. What was that? Whatever it was, it stopped now. You know, I once double-checked the exact location of the supposed last resting place of the Cybermen. You did? Mm, I did. We have travelled back to when I originally visited Telos. I was travelling with Victoria and Jamie. The warrior! Leela, we've got to get out of here. Once construction of our new cyber army is complete, the Doctor's ingenuity will make that army invincible. Big Finish. We love stories. Return to Telos is uh, the second segment of a continuing story that started with um, Thingy, uh, The Fate of Krelos. Yeah. So I reckon we should put both of those in. Why yeah. not? Why yeah. not give the people what they want? Yes. Um, great fun with the Cybermen. Return to Telos is a frantic, fiendishly well-plotted story that'll leave long-term fans of the series grinning from ear to ear. That's uh, from Glasgow to uh, one of the northern boroughs of London. Uh, a really atmospheric, melancholy and exciting story and the denouement will have you punching the air, said Planet Mondas. <laughs> Very appropriately, since the Cybermen are in it. Not Planet Telos, though. Um... 
well, I what can I remember about this story? Uh, Fraser Hines is in it. So that was fun. Playing Jamie. Michael Cochran. Oh, yes. Playing Fantastic. Gerald. I always like Michael Cochran. And of course, Bernard Holiday. Holli <laughs> Bernard Holiday. Bernard's on holiday. Uh, Bernard Holly is there playing a part he played in Tomb of the Cybermen. There's a lot of Tomb of the Cybermen stuff going on here and some fantastic music by Jamie Robertson, which kind of... Uh, good old Jamie Robertson has done a great sort of pa pastiche, homage, uh, you know, relating to um, Tomb of the Cybermen. So there you have it. Um, who, sh who shall explain how you get this? Well, discount? I'll just say one more thing about this story because mm. it just reminds me of a funny thing. I was at a convention. <laughs> it is a funny thing, Miss. It is a funny thing. I was at a convention once and I actually had a CD copy of one of these. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was in the bar late at night and they closed the bar and weren't taking on any more orders. Yes. And I remember that the barman there was a Doctor Who fan. So I said, if I give you this CD, will you give it, would you open up so we can have one more pint? And he did. So there yeah. we go. So you gave so away your copy. I gave, I gave away, but, you know, in, in the late hours of the, the evening, it, it, it felt it. like it was worth it. And it's a new listener. How many so people there we were there who needed a drink? I can't even... I mean, I wasn't obviously going to... You know, it was, it was just for uh, the small group of people. It wasn't I want the to know how many. I want to know how many pints Return to Telos is worth. <laughs> I don't know, probably about three people. I don't know. There you are. You heard it from Benji. Return to Telos. It's <laughs> worth three pints of alcoholic fluid. I'd say, you know, maybe, you know, maybe four Brilliant. pints because it's pint per four. episode, perhaps, you know. But oh, there were only two, three, it's only two know. episodes returned to tell us, but the fate oh, of then that case, fate well, of is two, two episodes. Yeah. Put them together, you've got four pints. You got yourself a, a right a double whammy there. Well, I'll tell you how to get that discount. Oh, yes. Um, obviously, discount on the CD, not discount on pints. That would be crazy. Um, you go to www.bigfinish.com. Um, once that loads up, you go across on the menu to podcasts. Once you're on the main podcast page, it'll have yes. the latest podcast. Click the read more button. And when you're on there, um, there's a little blurb underneath the pictures blurb, of us. Blurb. It says here, the Randomized Electron also features uh, offering you a 25% reduction of uh, selective release. Blurb. Just click here blurb, and blurb. enter the code <laughs> BUCKUP. That's BUCKUP, all capital letters, no spaces, no complications. Enter that in and you'll get 25% blurb. off. <laughs> gone slightly bonkers. It's gone bonkers. It's gone bonkers. Mad as a much hair. So there you go. Thanks, Ran. Great choice as always. Time now, sadly, for us to bid you farewell. Oh. Well, until next Sunday, of course. Yes. Um, this time, uh, our goodbyes will be in the style of the War Master. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 just, just imagining myself holding two sort of things, you know. Potatoes? From, from Utopia. Oh. The And while we're away, why not enjoy the first 15 minutes for free of The War Master Hearts of Darkness, The Edge of Redemption by David Llewellyn and starring Sir Derek Jacobi. I'm the only one who can find him. Let me do this. Very well. But it'll be dangerous. I know. My TARDIS. Where is it? It seems he took it with him. I understand his own was a little worse for wear. Well, then I'll need another. Out of the question. 
If you travel by TARDIS, the enemy will know the second you arrive. So, how am I meant to get there? Find yourself a pilot. Shouldn't be too difficult. Redemption is the busiest trading planet in the galaxy, and Edge City is its busiest spaceport. Uh, we are on Redemption? Closest we could get to the Lehar system. I was here the day the planet was cracked in half. Edge City. <laughs> no guesses as to where that is. The edge of a broken world. But, listen, I've yet to meet any pilot who will happily work for nothing, and right now my pockets are quite empty. Here. That card has a million credits on it. More than enough to cover your expenses. And what's to stop me from paying this pilot to take me elsewhere? For one thing, you volunteered only a moment ago. And for another, we both know you need to find him every bit as desperately as we do. You've got me there. Your mission is straightforward. Find the Doctor. Stop the Doctor. And, if necessary, kill the Doctor. running away from someone adept at getaways. We know every shortcut. Uh, yeah, uh, no sudden moves. This is a Dynusian atomizer. One shot, and you'll be nothing more than a shadow on that wall. Listen, mister, I don't want any trouble. No, me neither. If I get arrested again, I'll be booted off redemption, and I can't let that happen. Here, please. Thank you. Sorry I took it. Now, if it's all the same... Yeah, I'd... not so fast. I gave you the money back, didn't I? I said I was sorry. Didn't neither of which compensates me for the inconvenience. But you may be able to help. I need a ship and someone to fly it. Do I look like a pilot? No, but you might know of one. D throw a rock in this place and you'll hit a pilot. Where are you going? The Leha system. <laughs> are you mad? Occasionally. No one ever goes to Leha. Yeah, well, I am. What's it worth? 50,000 credits. Consider it a finder's fee. 50,000. There is one pilot who might take you. And where can we find them? Follow me.
I didn't catch your name. Cricket, with a K. And you? You can call me Sita. Mr. Sita. You said the authorities might boot you off redemption if you were caught. Why? I'm a refugee from the Jaguar Belt. I got out just before, well, you know, spent two years on a fugee barge before ending up here. A fugee barge? Refugee ship. There's dozens of them in this system, built for 5,000 passengers, but most of them are carrying six times that. One meal a day, one cup of water, three of you sharing a bunk in a room with 50 other bunks. That sounds repulsive. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. So, like I said, I can't afford to get arrested again. The guilds don't need much excuse to send someone packing. Then why do you steal? What other work is there in a dump like this? If I can save up enough money, I'm going to Myrmidon. Before I meet him in person, what can you tell me about this pirate? He's a risk-taker. He'll fly you anywhere for the right price. Oh, then I think we have the right man for the job. This is it. The Black Flag. Now, keep your wits about you. This is a smuggler's tavern. It's a bit on the rough side. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen worse. This is charming. You should take off that tie. You stick out like a sore thumb. This way. There he is, Captain Jorvan Morsky. Oh, Morsky? Really? He's the undefeated champion of Edge City. Next. Um, yeah. hello? <laughs> you? <laughs> I see more meat on a Zek fly. Uh, no, no, you see, I've no desire to engage in this, but I do have a proposition for you. Oh, is that so? One with considerable reward. Oh, then take a seat. Grandeg. Move your scaly backside and let the gentleman sit down, would you? So, <clears throat> what'll it be? I'm going to the Lehar system. Whoa! No, no one goes to Lehar. I told him that. Hey, I'm talking to the organ grinder, not the monkey. As I said, it comes with considerable reward. I'm sure it does. Yeah, your dress rather fancy for Edge City, but you see, Lehar. It's one of the worst places in the galaxy, filled with some of the worst people in the universe. Anyone who goes there can count themselves lucky if they come back with a full complement of teeth and limbs. It's been that way for as long as anyone remembers. But it's been even worse since they showed up. You mean the Daleks? Who else? <sighs> if anyone can get you there and back, it's me. There's just, there's just one problem. Go on. My ship, the Dam Daniel, the guilds have it. They impounded it for non-payment of the salt levy. You're a salt trader, but I thought you were a smuggler. And I am. Salt levy's the cheapest one on the tariff. Pay that and the guilds leave you alone, or at least they used to. Well, that's easily resolved. I'm sure I have enough money to clear the penalty and then... It's, it's not about the penalty. <sighs> I, I don't follow you. 
The price of scrap metal keeps going up because of the war. They can't build refugee ships quick enough. So, the longer they hold on to my ship, the more valuable it becomes. They have no intention of letting it go. And certainly not to me. What if we were to steal it? <laughs> steal it? It's my ship! Retrieve it then. Reacquire. You're serious? Deadly. If you are the only pilot on redemption willing to fly to Lehar, then this will seem to be our only course of action. I guarantee you'll have your ship. <laughs> well, that's a very big promise, Mr. Cedar. Uh... Well, well, Mr. Cedar, you should see what we're up against before making any promises. Quite so fast. Eh, not really, but it was worth it just for the look on your face. <laughs> wow. What is that? That is the Tempest Cube. Maximum security depot. Anything confiscated by the guilds ends up in there. It's huge. Let me just take a closer look. Uh, I don't want us drawing attention to ourselves. No, I don't mean on foot. What are they? Ultrasonic thermosensitive binoculars. X-ray specs, if you prefer. They'll allow me to scan the facility inside and out. Yes, interesting. Hmm, that could be rather problematic. Well, what do you see? Well, the outer wall is three meters thick. The inner wall, two meters. Between them is an energy field with a temperature of around 4,000 degrees. Huh. And the facility is guarded by aerial drones programmed to kill intruders on sight. So that's it? Game over? D nonsense. How are we meant to get in there? It's impossible. Yeah, difficult, but not impossible. To begin with, we need a fourth person, someone good at crawling into small spaces, specifically that ventilation shaft. No one could squeeze through that. Mm, a Medusan could. A Medusan? Yeah. From Hydrosa. Humanoid, but boneless, like a jellyfish. Their home world was destroyed, so there must have been a few of them on the Fuji barges. Well? I met some, not many. Well, did any of them come here? One did, but only one. Her name's Ilya. Huh. Would she help us? Maybe. Possibly. I, I don't know. But is she capable? When we were on the ship, she would steal food from the kitchens. And she was the only one who could squeeze through the vents. Oh, she sounds perfect. Where can we find her? The circus. Circus? Oh, I see. It's an actual circus. Mm -hmm. What were you expecting? Ladies, gentlemen, and army forms, please welcome to the ring the one, the only, the incredible Madame Ilya! <laughs> <laughs> She's a 
trapeze artist? Yeah, that's Medusa's for you. Very limber. Oh, how can we talk to her? We'll have to go to her dressing room after the show. Okay. Three strange men loitering around backstage. We're likely to attract attention. One of us should go, the others can wait outside. Then I nominate Cricket. Why me? Because if you tried making any funny moves, son, she'd crush you like a grape. you want? Remember me? Barge 13? Cricket Demetrios? I was in Dorm C. I have no idea who you are. Well, okay, but... You want I... an autograph? Is that it? No. Because if this is some conniving way of getting into my dressing it's, room... It's not. It's, it's really not. Good. I, uh, I met someone, a gentleman, a, a posh gentleman, and he's looking for someone with your talents. He wants a trapeze artist. Uh, not quite. <sighs> Where is he? He's been gone ages. Yeah, probably choking to death after a minor misunderstanding. Medusans have a bit of a temper. <sighs> but, uh, while we're waiting for him, tell me. Why exactly are you so keen to go to the Lear system? I'm looking for someone. Uh-huh. What are they doing there? Causing problems. So it's your job to stop them? Now, there's more to it than that. My quarry and I have history. Uh-huh. Sounds interesting. God, there you are, finally. And this must be Madame Ilya. Ilya, these are my friends. This is... Captain Morsky. Hey. A pleasure. Yeah, likewise. And this is Mr. Sita. Charmed, madam. Oh. I'm sorry, have we met? No, it's just uh, you reminded me of someone, that's all. Yeah, I get that a lot. Now, shall we find somewhere a little more private to discuss what brings us together? So, as you can see here, Ilya, your job will be to crawl down this vent and shut down the energy field. Easy as that. There's a 15-minute response time as soon as the field is deactivated. That's how long it'll take armed response teams to get there, once they realize we've eliminated the drones. And what's Cricket doing while I'm risking life and limb and you're dealing with the drones? I'm standing guard outside the ventilation shaft. Great. You've been listening to a Big Finish production, so why not rate, review, and subscribe? Can't hmm? think of a reason why not. No, no, it says it on the page there.